Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. MLBC is led by Pastor Dennis Fountain and exists to help real people going through real life experience real change through our incredible God. We hope this message will be an encouragement to you, and we'd love to hear how God used it in your life. All right, so we're going we're gonna to be in Romans chapter 6 today, so if you would, just follow along with me as I read in verse number 1. It says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that, the, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should uh, walk in newness of life. And so before we uh, get into the message, let's pray and bow our heads, close our eyes. <clears throat> Thank you, God, for this day. Thank you for just giving us the ability to gather here in your house today. I pray, Lord, that as we are already, we're encouraged by the worship of the worship of song. I pray, Lord, that you help us just be encouraged and challenged uh, as your word is opened. And just as it's been an encouragement and conviction to me, I pray, Lord, that it would just be the same for those here today. And we just thank you so much for the comfort and mercy that you bring in our lives. As we think of Pastor and the Fountain family and the Zeke family, we pray, Lord, that you would continue to uh, comfort them and that we know there's a grace and comfort that only you can bring, especially in situations like that. I pray, Father, that you'd help us to just have a good time here in your house and that you'd just help us to see how good you are in our lives. We thank you for your love. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before I get started, if you hear any, if you see any flashes or hear any clicking noises, that's my grandpa over here. He's my personal paparazzi. He follows me everywhere I go, so it's great. So if you see that, just ignore it. It's great. He loves to do it. And he's getting a little embarrassed. Look at that. That's all right, though. We love it. And so, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Grandpa. But uh, as we get into the message, just want to say uh, thank you for being here today and just excited to be in God's house. And so. Just a little background of this passage, Romans chapter 6. Paul is writing here, the author, and he's talking about this newness of life. That's where the title of the message is today, right from the passage, the newness of life. He's writing about how we as Christians, we have that newness of life. And he goes on to talk about how it's not because of how great we are in our humanity or how amazing we are, or the ability that we have to offer this kind of newness of life for us, but to really magnify how great Christ's sacrifice is in our life, to be able to give us the the ability to walk in newness of life. And so this passage of scripture is a challenge to those of us in here who are saved because it causes us to reflect our life. It causes us to ask, am I really walking in that newness of life that God intends for me to to live? And it's also a challenge for those who aren't saved because it, it, it makes them ask the question, reflect, do I have that newness of life? And with Celebration Sunday around the corner, you know, 12 years of Mosley Baptist Church, we can see throughout the years of just so many people getting saved and being able to have that newness of life because of the testimony of the church family genuinely walking in newness of life. And so before we get into the main message, you know, you might want to ask yourself, why would I want to walk in newness of life? It's very simple. So that you can flourish and strive in your own walk with God that you have a genuine relationship with him. And secondly, the reason you want to walk in newness of life is because of those around you. The impact that is going to have on your family members, your friends, your coworkers, 
and especially those who aren't saved. And if you, you as a Christian aren't taking advantage of that newness of life, you're not going to have that impact. I'm not going to have that impact on those around me that God wants us to have. And as I was reading this passage of Scripture, Romans 6, 1 through 14, it's just reminding me how destructive sin can really be in your life. How Satan, he really just, his goal is to, to destroy you and destroy me. And I don't know if you were, if some of you were with us during our growth groups just a few weeks ago, we were going through a series about temptation. And I got to teach the kids about temptation. And just one thing that really helped them to see is that there's always someone that you can call on for help that's going to help you. That's God. And I try to give this illustration to them, like, if you had a house fire and you, the, the, one, the one people that you call 911 to come and save your house, to try to save it, if you didn't call them, I, said, I asked the kids, I was like, isn't that silly? They're like, yeah, that's not smart, that's not wise. And I applied it to your walk as a Christian. You know, if you're living in sin and you're not walking in that newness of life, you're like that house that's on fire. And if you're not calling out to God, the one person that can save you or put that fire out, then it's, it's unwise. And so just really like that uh, series that we went through about temptation and how it can apply to our life every day. And so without Jesus, we would be stuck in our habitual sin. Without Jesus, we would be slaves to sin forever. And without Jesus, we would be held to the standard of the law instead of grace. And so we as Christians, we need to be serious about walking in that newness of life that Paul writes about here in Romans chapter 6. So this morning, I just want us to see some essentials that we need to have if we want to walk in this newness of life. Essential number one is not living in habitual sin. And it says in Romans chapter or 6 and verse number 1, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us, were, as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in the newness of life. In verse 1, Paul is reiterating a verse that he wrote in Romans chapter 5 and verse 20. It says, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. And just that same thought that sometimes when, we, when we're faced with sin or we're faced with temptation, it can seem like it's too much for us to handle. It seems like sin, that sin that we're dealing with or whatever might be a lot more powerful than we think God is sometimes. But the truth is that wherever, you're, wherever sin is, God's grace is abounding way, way more. And so I saw this in a commentary, and it says, After all, if God loves sinners, then why worry about sin? If God gives grace to sinners, then why not sin more and receive more grace? Some people think that their job is to sin, and God's job is to forgive. So they will do their job, and God will do his job. And so if you have this mentality or heart as a Christian, it's just, it's just sad, because we know that we can't just live the way we want when we were redeemed or we were bought with the price. We, you know, we are not our own anymore. We belong to Christ. And so don't have the mentality of, well, if God is just going to forgive my sin, then I can do whatever I want because it's very forgiven. And if you live that way as a Christian and you're not walking in that newness of life, you're just not going to have joy. It's going to be, it's going to be miserable and you will find out 
sooner or later. And so if the foundation of our salvation is faith and not our works, then are we just free to live however we please? Paul answers that in verse number two. So if you could read those first two words with me out loud in verse number two. Ready? God forbid. Okay, that's, that's the answer to uh, that question. You know, if, if I can, if the foundation of my faith or foundation of my salvation is faith, then can I live however I want? Paul says, God forbid. That's an emphatic answer. That's not a, sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. No, it's God forbid. Okay, it's, it's, it's a one answer. And so when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you get a new nature. Or as the Bible says in verse, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. When you are saved and you find yourself in a cycle of sin, it should convict you because that's not your nature anymore. And so when you made that decision to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, when you sin, it's not normal. It's not, it's not your nature anymore. It's not when you were like the old man who doesn't care about so the, the sin that he's in, doesn't affect him at all. But when you are saved, there should be an effect there. There should be an immediate response to that sin. And if there isn't, then that means that you've grown a habit of sinning and sinning and that doesn't affect you anymore. And that's, that's cautionary. And so this is why we are not to abuse God's grace that he has given us because we are dead to sin and should not, should, uh, should not live in it anymore. And before salvation, we were dead in our sins, as Ephesians 2, 1 says, and you had the quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. And so Paul asked a rhetorical question in verse number three. Look at it in your Bible, verse number three. Know ye not that so many of us, were, as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? One thing I really like about this Greek word here, baptize, for baptize is baptizo, is that when the Bible talks about water baptism and baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's the same Greek word. And the definition of baptizo is to be immersed or submerged. And so in Matthew chapter 3.11, in Acts 1.5, it says this. In Acts 1.5, it says, For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Matthew 3.11, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoe I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And so when we're talking about being baptized with the Holy Ghost, it literally means to be immersed with the Holy Ghost, to have the Holy Ghost inside, to be immersed with. And so, that's, that's, the, that's the way they're able to have that newness of life, to walk in it, because we have the presence of God with us wherever we go. And the same God that raised Jesus from the dead is the same God that gives us the power to walk in that newness of life that Paul writes about in verse number four. It says, Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. And just, just that fact about God raising Jesus from the dead, when you're, when, you're, when you're faced with that habitual sin that you might be struggling with, you try, you try to do it in your own power. But think about the God who had the power to raise Jesus from the dead. He can help you with that. And if we are, if we are baptized with the Holy Spirit today, if we're saved, we don't have to choose that lifestyle. We don't have to choose the lifestyle of living in habitual sin because 
That's not, the way, that's not what God desires for his children. And for those of us who are saved this morning, we know that Satan wants us to live in sin. We also know that his schemes and his attacks, have, they're no match for God. And he wants you to think that there, that there is no hope for you. He wants you to think that, you know, if you're, if you're in this sin and you're already messed up, then you're a goner. But we know that God's grace and mercy restores us and lifts us back up. And he doesn't want you to live in habitual sin. And if you, if you find yourself at a point where you are, there is a way of escape. You're not, you're, there's, there is still hope for you and for me when we get into that point. Another essential to walking in newness of life is that we must be dead to sin. If you look at me in verse number five through verse 11, it says, for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, but he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead to sin, and but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. All of us understand that when we get saved, that we still have to live in the flesh until the Lord calls us home or until he comes back. Even though we are faced with all these temptations and we mess up from time to time, do you know what the blessing is? Is that we know it's coming. And so we have the ability to prepare for what is happening. The unfortunate reality is that sometimes we know what is coming and yet we do nothing to prepare for it. I think of in Joshua, the children of Israel, they had some they had some battles that they had to prepare for. And if they didn't prepare the right way, what happened? They lost, right? And so we as Christians, we know that we're in a battle, a spiritual warfare. And so if we're not preparing, if we're not utilizing the things that God has given us to put on the armor of God, to, to have a walk with him, to read the Bible, to pray, then we are just setting ourselves up for, uh, for defeat. And that's, that's the honest truth. And so if you know that Satan is after you, that his, his goal is to destroy you, to sift you as we, to, to ruin any ounce of testimony they have as a Christian, then you have the ability to prepare. His, when he attacks us and when we're tempted, it's not like we're being blindsided. Like, oh, I didn't expect that to happen, right? And so be prepared for all that's going to come your way. And it'll be, it'll be a lot easier to be able to not live in habitual sin. It'll be easier for you to be dead to that sin if you're preparing the right, the right way. And we don't, sometimes we just don't prepare for it. Sometimes we don't pray and ask God to help us make it through it and make the right choices. Sometimes we depend too much on ourselves to be able to, to fight our sin because we are familiar. We know what we want, what we like. And so when we are depending on ourselves to not live in habitual sin and to be dead to sin, it's just not going to work. And so the amazing thing is that if you... If you, can, if you can rely on Jesus and you can be dead to your sin, and you know, we know that we will not be perfect, but we can choose a life that we're sinning less. And I hope that's the goal of everyone in here today that's a Christian, not, not to, uh, just to do whatever you want, to live your life the way that you want to live it, and just, well, maybe down the road I'll, I'll get right, but no, to, to get right now and to really have that walk with the Lord. And we know that there is no joy in sin, the Bible says that there was only pleasure in sin for a season. 
We know the result of a sin will always be bad. As James writes that, when you sin, you just reap death. You, reap, you just reap anything negative. And the good news is that there's always joy with Christ. No matter, no matter what you're going through in the darkest valley, you're always going to find joy with Christ. I preached a message a couple years ago. The title was, Joy is Not Equal to Your Circumstances. It was about Paul and Silas. They were in jail, and they were the only ones in there singing their lungs out in prison. And why? Because their joy wasn't in their circumstance of being thrown in prison, but their joy was found in Christ, who they had a real relationship with. And I don't know what you've gone through or what you're going through, but I do know that whatever it is, you're never going to be able to turn to sin to find joy from that. You're always going to be able to find joy in Christ, though, and turn to him in every single situation. So it's not specific. It's not you can only find joy in Christ if this is happening. No, you can find joy in Christ every single time. And the devil is going to tempt you to turn to this sin or that sin when you're going through something, when you're going through anything. He knows that if you do that, then he's winning. Then he's, he's getting you to do what he wants and not what God wants. And I really like verse 6. It says, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, for, that, for he that is dead is freed from sin. The death of the old man is an established fact. It happened spiritually when we, are, when we were identified with Jesus' death and our salvation. And so the, it's, a, it's a guaranteed fact that when you got saved, when you made that decision to give your life to Christ, that old man is dead, is dead. Now you have that new nature, that new creature. I saw a quote that says, the old man is the self that is patterned after Adam, the part of us deeply ingrained in rebellion against God and his commands. The system of law is unable to deal with the old man because it can only tell the old man what, righteousness, what the righteous standard of God is. The law tries to reform the old man to get him to turn over a new leaf. But the system of grace understands that the old man can never be reformed. He must be put to death. And for the believer, the old man dies with Jesus on the cross. And aren't you thankful today that God didn't hold you to the standard of the law, but gave you a new life and through his grace? Because we can never, we can never uphold the law to obtain our righteousness with God. And so just remember that when you got saved, the old man died with Jesus on the cross and when you're, when you're tempted to live in habitual sin, when you're tempted to not die to your sin, you don't have to, do, you don't have to go that way any longer. In Galatians 2.20, it says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. If we desire to be dead to sin, we should do as Ephesians 4.24 says, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So we're, we're, we're here today and we're, we're trying to learn how, to, we can, how we can better walk in newness of life. And if you really have a desire and a passion to live for Christ, then put on the new man. And so that's a good. If you're here today and you have that desire, that's great. And you're like, I don't want to be in sin. I don't want to live in sin. I want to put on the new man. It's good to make that choice. But once you are over here and you're like, okay, I don't want to sin anymore. I don't want to do this. And you go away from it. Okay, you're trying to knock a bad habit. You're trying to knock sin. Replace it with the good. 
Replace it with that new man that God wants you to have. And you can have, you can have the best heart, you can have the best intentions, but if you're not replacing the bad with the good, you're going to find yourself going back over here because you're not building that habit of walking in newness of life to really give your life to God. Because we are dead with Christ, we can be dead and free from sin. If you look at verse number seven, it says, for he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. So how can we apply it to our lives? Verse 11 helps us with that. It says, Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead, dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so over here today, we're, we're like, okay, I, I, want to, I want to walk in newness of life. And so if you want to reckon yourself dead to sin, okay, I don't want to be a part of sin. I don't want to live that way anymore. Then what is the opposite? I want to be alive unto God. We know that we can't have joy. We cannot have a, f- a fulfilled life in sin. And so what's the other thing? It's giving ourselves to God and being alive unto him by being dead in Christ. And we know that God, he, he tells us very specifically that there are so many things that we can do to have this newness of life. And so many times we are our worst enemy, right? We, we, know, we know what to do. We know uh, how we can do it. And yet in our pride and our selfishness, we find ourselves struggling to do so, to, to not be in sin and to not walk in that newness of life. And so if you want to walk in newness of life, it is essential that we are dead to sin and alive to God through the amazing gift of his son. Another essential today, if we want to walk in newness of life, is we must present ourselves to God. If you look at verse number 12, it says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. Verse 12 is key for us as Christians. Let's take another look at it. It says, let, us, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey, obey it in the lust thereof. And so if we're, letting, if we're letting sin reign in our mortal body, if we're letting saint, saint, like, I do like pastor, huh? I did the same thing that pastor does. That's awesome. But if we let sin reign in our mortal body, in our body at all, it's going to consume us. And we're going to be instruments of unrighteousness towards sin, and we're not going to be instruments of righteousness for God. We saw in the previous verses that the old man died on the cross with Jesus, and that that is why Christians don't have to let sin reign in their lives. If we allow sin to reign over us, then we're going to obey the flesh's desires. We know the flesh desires everything opposite of the spirit, and the spirit the opposite of the flesh. And so if we are letting our flesh reign over us and letting it make our decisions for us, then we're not walking in newness of life. We don't have that joy that God wants us to have from that. We know that there are a lot of things in this world, in our life, that are fighting for our attention. And there's many of us in here at different stages of life. Some have kids, some don't have kids, marriages, relationships, jobs, double jobs, whatever it is. There's a lot of things that 
in our life, in our day-to-day life outside of church, there's all these things that are grabbing for our attention. But we know that the true focus for a Christian's life, the number one priority should be God. And a lot of times we worry about all the other things instead of focusing on that one thing that matters. My favorite verse, Matthew 6.33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That's my favorite verse because it helped me realize that there's so many things that I could be worried about, there's so many things that I don't even have control over, and I let that rule me. And that whole chapter talks about not worrying, don't worry. And so just like, just like for us, if I'm really seeking God, if I have him as the number one priority, then all those other things that are fighting for our attention that aren't bad things, they'll just fall into place naturally as God wants you to. And that's hard for us to, to capture. We get, the, we get the busyness of life. We, we think that our busyness is equating to our spirituality, like the Martha, Martha situation. But truly, uh, God just wants us to really focus on him. You know, the, the theme for our, for our new year is only Jesus. If you really have that heart, that uh, the attitude of, I really need God, I need to depend on God in every situation, especially depending on God when it comes to sin. Because if you depend on yourself, if I depend on myself or my wisdom, I'm just going to be in the cycle of sin that I can't get out of. But really having that heart of relying on God and only Jesus. And you'll see that when you make God your number one priority, all the things that you worry about, all the things that may, may have you scared, they'll just happen. They'll happen if you really just trust God as he, as he wants you to. And the new nature that we receive when we got saved wants us to please the Lord, and it wants to live a life of righteousness and to walk uprightly. The sad reality today is that some Christians, they don't take advantage of that. They don't take advantage of walking in that newness of life, whether it's because of too much dependence on themselves or they're not willing to give their life to God. That's, that's really a big part of it. Some, some Christians, they... They say, okay, God, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so glad that you saved me, but I don't really want a Lord. I, I love to have a Savior, but I don't, have to have, I don't want someone in control of my life. And then there's some Christians that say, all right, God, I'm, I'm, really, I'm ready to give you everything except for this one thing over here. I want this. And we know that if we are giving 99% of ourselves, then 100% of ourselves isn't given to God. And that's, that's the fight that we have as humans. We have these things that we want to hold on to. I mean, there's these little sins that we want to give, on, we want to give to, but we don't want to give to God. So God desires that we are presenting ourselves to him. And one thing I really like about Romans chapter 12 is the same Greek word here in verse 13 in Romans 6 where it says, neither yield. The Greek word is the same for Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 where it says, present. And it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And so I really like that, just that that picture of, okay, so if I'm presenting myself to sin, then I'm presenting myself to sin, then I'm being to be used as an instrument of unrighteousness to sin. And so what's the opposite of that? Presenting yourself to God for instruments of righteousness. And you can do both, right? You can't, you can't present yourself a little bit to sin, and you can't offer yourself a little bit to God and just hope for the best mixture. 
And the Bible says, you know, you can't serve God and man when you can't, you just can't do it. And so and if we want to walk in that freedom of Christ, we cannot yield or present ourselves to sin and unrighteous living. Have you ever tried to live two different lives at once? Have you ever tried to uh, put on this kind of facade at church and then Monday through Saturday, you're kind of just doing your own thing and uh, I'll, I'll be going to church on Sunday and I'll get my Bible time in then and all that? You know, those two lifestyles, they don't mix. And it's good, it will be very hard for you to keep it up for a long time and eventually just, just going to blend in together. And so just remember that. If you want to walk in newness of life, you're presenting or you're offering yourself to God and not to sin as members of unrighteousness. Whenever you give yourself over to advertise of your flesh, what is usually the end result? Are you filled with joy and contentment? No. You usually feel disgusted, defeated, and very dissatisfied. Most Christians, they have a desire to live for God, and that is a great first step. But just like we mentioned earlier, that's a great first step. But what are you going to do about that desire? You must read, you must read the Bible, be faithful to those things, replace the bad with the good, and that is presenting ourselves or our bodies to God, just like Romans 12.1 says. If we truly want to walk in freedom, this is the only way, to walk in that newness of life. You must not live in habitual sin. You must be dead to your sin, and you must present yourself to God. I believe so many Christians struggle with presenting themselves to God or offering themselves just simply because of their love of sin. Not the fact that this is just one sin that it just, it's just so hard to stop. I think the sad reality today is that so many Christians they don't present or offer themselves to God because they just love their sin too much. And I, Charles Spurgeon put it this way. He says, you will always know whether you are delivered from the guilt of sin by answering this question. Am I delivered from the love of sin? That's a tough question to ask because there's so many, so many people who may claim to, to love God and to, to claim that he saved them, but if they're just they're just always sinning, then what's the fruit of that? You know, we should be able to see fruit in our lives that we are saved. It should be, when we sin, there should be that conviction, the Holy Spirit. And we know that the fight of our Christian life is normal, the struggle, but the love of our sin isn't normal. It shouldn't be what we do. It shouldn't be, oh, I just don't want to give this up because I love it too much. And so if you want to walk in that freedom you cannot let sin reign in your life. You must present yourself to God as instruments of righteousness. And the good news is that this is not an undoable task. God, God has been asking us to do something so impossible today. He's simply asking, would you just give yourself to me? Would you just offer and present yourself to me so that you can live in that joy that I desire for you? It's really that simple. It's whether, whether you're going to do it or not. And you can't make the decision for me. I can't make the decision for you. So when you, when you wake up every day, you have two options. Am I going to walk in newness of life that God intends for me? Or am I going to offer myself to sin today, to the appetites of the flesh, and to let it reign over me? And so I just want us to think about that. Think about, think about your Monday through Saturday, how effective it can be if you really walk in that newness of life. 
And we know the Christian life isn't supposed to be just about us. It's supposed to be serving others, living in humility, and really serving the church, serving God and, and with all of our being. And the good news is that you can do it. It says in verse 14, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. To thank the Lord that we aren't held to that standard, but we have grace. And I'm thankful that we don't longer have to try to obtain that righteousness that Paul talks about. And in Romans chapter 5, Paul says that we were enemies of God. And one thing I love is that God's grace was shown so evident in our lives because he looked at our current state and he said, wow, these, you know, these people, without, without something to pay for their sin, they're going to spend an eternity in hell. And guess what? He did something about it. And that's just so much, that's the grace that God has in our life, the same grace that can carry you out of that sin that you might be stuck in and the same grace that you can hold on to. And I have another quote here that says, God has so changed your nature by his grace that when you sin, you shall be like a fish on dry land. You should be out of your element and long to get into a right state again. You cannot sin for you love God. The sinner may drink sin down as the ox drinketh down water, but to you it shall be as the brine of the sea. You may become so foolish as to try the pleasures of the world, but they shall be no pleasures to you. And so just to, end, just to end with this quote, that sin in your life should be so unnatural as a Christian that you long to get right after it happens. You, when you sin, you should long to get right with God. And if you're not, you need to do some, we need to do some serious self-examination. Where am I at in my walk? And so we learned today the essentials to walk in newness of life is not living in habitual sin. I must be dead to sin and I must present myself to God.